Why should you visit Kings Island? Do it because less time planning means more time for this. Do it to take a one-day family vacation. Do it to catch a serious case of the giggles together. And of course, do it to eat a funnel cake the size of your face. Because here at Kings Island, doing something just for the fun of it is all the reason you need. Right now, everyone pays kids' price. Kings Island tickets just $45 online. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast, where we dive into the latest rumors and news surrounding Texas Rangers baseball. Welcome to the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today, we're diving into the latest news, scores, and updates around Globe Life Field. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Game Time. If you're looking for the best place to buy tickets to the Texas Rangers, Dallas Cowboys, or any of your favorite teams, you want to check out Game Time. A link to Game Time will be in the description. As always, if you use the link, you can actually support the show when you buy your tickets. Now on to our thoughts on Sunday's victory. It was a strange game. Marcus Simeon led off the game by ripping a 95-mile-per-hour fastball to left field. For what appeared to be extra bases and possibly a homer, only to see A.J. Pollock make a leaping catch at the fence for the first out. Simeon would end the game 0 for 6. Michael Kopich, the Chicago White Sox starter, ended up leaving the game before the inning was even over. He reacted after throwing a pitch with two outs in the first, tried throwing a warm-up pitch after that, and then left the game being unable to continue. As it turns out, the issue was apparently a fluid buildup behind his knees, which is good for him. He is expected to make his next start. But it meant that the White Sox suddenly had no starting pitcher. Now that's a problem. So after having Reynaldo Lopez finish the first and handle the second, Tony La Russa had Johnny Cueto come out for the third inning. As you probably know, he is a starter. This was just his second relief appearance in the majors, ever. He also was a scheduled starter for Chicago on Monday, but faced with a taxed bullpen and a bunch of innings that needed to be pitched, Rusa apparently 
decided using Cueto a day early was the best choice. He ended up going five innings, so that worked out okay, I guess. Anyway, with two outs in the first inning, John Gray gave up a single, a walk, and a single to give the White Sox a 1-0 lead, leading to fears that he was going to be serving up another disappointing outing. Gray didn't give up another hit until the sixth. Didn't give up any runs the rest of the game, and ended up fanning ten batters and six innings of work. So much happened in the game that Gray's outing may be overlooked, but he was very, very good. Gray was mostly a two-pitch pitcher. Out of 102 pitches, he threw 50 fastballs and 47 sliders. The two pitches were effective, generating 18 swings and misses. While Chicago had an average exit velocity of, off of him of just 80 miles per hour. It's been a rough beginning for Gray. His performance dropped his ERA in the year to 485. This was what the Rangers have been wanting to get from him. Chris Woodward had several relievers unavailable, and so went and so went to Garrett Richards in the seventh inning to protect a 3-1 and one lead. No doubt in the hope that Richards could handle the seventh and eighth before passing things off to Joe Barlow in the ninth. A 6-3 and three was followed up by a single and a walk, but Richards induced A.J. Pollock to hit a grounder to the third base for a potential inning-ending double play. Ezekiel Duran couldn't field it, however, seemingly moving to quickly to try to turn the double play. And so that was it for Richards. Dennis Santana, who Woodward has tended to go to when he needs a fire put out mid-inning, was summoned. Santana promptly allowed a two-run single, tying up the game. There was no more scoring until the 11th. As Santana finished up the 7th and pitched the 8th, while John King handled the 9th and 10th. The 10th inning saw the Rangers due to the zombie runner on 2nd in a tie game, where a run ends it, intentionally walked the leadoff hitter. Luis Robert to set up the double play. Jose Abreu then hit it into a double play, so that worked out well. With a runner on third and two outs, Jake Berger was walked intentionally so that King could face Josh Harrison, which again worked out, with Harrison going down on strikes. The 11th inning appeared to be the Rangers' breakthrough. Nathaniel Lowe uh, singled, sending zombie Jonah Heim to third. Ezekiel Duran ripped a three-run home run to left field. Three-run lead in extras. The Rangers would win now, right? Alas, Joe Barlow started the 11th against Garcia, who fouled off six pitches as part of a 10-pitch at-bat before getting dinged in the arm on a 2-2 two two pitch. A sacrifice fly brought the zombie runner, who had advanced on the fielder's indifference, home, while Garcia went to second. And then disaster struck. Eli White has not been great offensively this year. Eli White has, however, played great defense in the outfield. He's been great on the base paths, and at least hit enough such that his offense hasn't completely counteracted the value his defense and base running have provided. White's bat was responsible for all three of the runs the Rangers scored in regulation, as he had a two-run homer off of Cueto in the third, and then a sacrifice fly in the fourth. With Adolis Garcia at DH, White was in center field, Zach Rex was in left. With a one out in the ninth and the score tied, Sam Huff pinch hit for Rex. Huff reached on E5 and then was lifted for pinch runner Charlie Culberson. White and Simeon each flew out to end the inning, and Culberson went into left field. All of which is relevant to the catastrophe. Danny Mendick looped the ball into the gap in medium-deep left center. It was perfectly placed between Culberson and White, both of whom dove to attempt to play on it, resulting in a collision. The ball bounced away to the fence, 
Garcia scored. Mendick went to third. Culberson chased down the ball. White lay on the field in pain. After a couple minutes on the ground, White left the game while holding his right arm, which looked like it may have been broken in the collision. If that's the case, White is likely out until mid-August. And that is not good. Brad Miller, the last position player on the bench, had to come into the game, moving to right field. While Cole Calhoun shifted to center. A single brought home Mendick as a tying run, and everything sucked. Barlow retired the next two batters to end the innings. Adolis Garcia singled to start the 12th, putting zombie Corey Seager at third, and then stole second, eliminating the double play possibility. Cole Calhoun hit a sharp grounder right at Jose Abreu at first, vexing us all. As it was a ball on the ground in play, which we wanted so the runner could score. But because it got to Abreu so quickly, the runners couldn't move up. Jonah Heim came up next and quickly got down 0-2. I was frustrated and bitter at this point. The Rangers had blown a three-run lead in extras. Eli White was hurt. Now Texas had runners on second and third and no one out weren't going to score, and Chicago would score in the bottom of the inning for a walk-off win. I could see it all, clear as day. And then Heim turned on a four-seamer up in the zone and ripped it into right field for a single. Seeger scored. Adolis came home. The throw was in plenty of time, but catcher Zavala got turned around a bit, and Adolis essentially ran around him, eluded the tag, and was called safe, giving the Rangers an 8-6 and six lead. And the play was reviewed and confirmed. The last bit of wackiness came in the bottom of the 12th. Colby Allard, who, was, who, as the broadcast noted, hadn't pitched in two weeks, and that was for Round Rock, was asked as the last pitcher standing in the pen to preserve the lead. After fanning Abreu, Allard had Jake Berger at the plate. Berger hit a ball that was hard enough off the bat and in the air. And I was sure it would be a game-tying home run. My stomach sank. But nope. Berger got under it, and Culberson was able to settle under it in deep left field to make the catch. Luis Robert, the zombie runner, decided for some reason to tag up and go to third, even though there were two outs and he wasn't even the tying or winning run. Culberson threw to third. Robert made it to third in time, beating the throw. But in finishing his slide, he took his foot off the base. Duran, who had pawed the tag initially, followed up and got his glove on Robert again. Robert was called out. The game was over. Well, technically the game wasn't over until there was a booth review that resulted in the play standing. What a long, weird game to end a 500 road trip. The road trip is over, and the Rangers have returned home to play the Astros. And now, we're going to take a look at the minor league update for today. Winston Santos started for the... DEWDs and had not his best outing as he allowed a pair of home runs in 5.2 innings pitched with seven runs total scoring against them. Alejandro Asunda had a pair of hits and a pair of stolen base, bases. Daniel Mateo had a pair of hits and one stolen base. Marcus Smith had a hit and a stolen base. Maximo Acosta had a hit, two walks, and a stolen base. For Hickory, Mason Inglert started and went five innings allowing a pair of runs while striking out six and walking one. Evan Carter had a hit. Luis Angel Acuna had a hit, a walk, and two stolen bases. The Rough Riders had Jack Leiter start and go an inning, allowing two hits while striking out one. 
Jonathan Ornelas was three for four with a triple. Justin Foscue and Dustin Harris each had hits. Cole Wynn started for Round Rock and had a better outing than he has been having of late, allowing a pair of runs and 4.1 innings pitched on four hits and a walk, striking out four. Went through 64 pitches, 42 of which were strikes. Jose LeClerc faced three batters and threw four pitches, with the results being a ground out, a single, and a catcher's interference. Jason Barr walked three, struck out three, and gave up a homer while allowing two runs and 2.1 inning pitches. Innings pitched. Excuse me. Demarcus Evans struck out two in an inning of work. Bubba Thompson had a walk and a double. Nick Solak had a walk and a single. Leody Tavares was not in the lineup, but the Round Rock game started before Eli White's injury, so it wasn't a matter of Tavares not playing, but because the Rangers needed a replacement on the roster for White. Let us know your thoughts on uh, what you've noticed in the minor leagues this season for the Rangers. Uh, leave a comment in the comment section below. Of course, let us know what you thought about our previous topic on Sunday's unusual victory and before we move on give us a thumbs up if you like our video hit the subscribe button and hit the bell notification button to be notified of future videos from talking texas rangers so without further ado we move on to our who's hot who's not list the texas rangers had a very weird series in cleveland first the forecast pushed monday's game into a doubleheader on tuesday Rangers weren't ready for that first game, losing 6-3 after John Gray had a bad start. However, in the second game of the doubleheader, Taylor Hearn showed why he belongs in the starting rotation by coming out and getting aggressive against the Guardians. That was probably the best start he has had all season long to date as the Rangers went on to win 6-3. Once again on Wednesday, rain in the forecast just had to be the center of attention in the last game of the series, causing a two-hour delay. I don't blame the Rangers for losing the final game of the series, 4-0. Having to sit two hours and come back to win a game afterwards just didn't work out on Wednesday night. So let's move on to the list of who's hot. Beginning with Steel Walker. Let's start off with a player who's about to make the Rangers millions in merchandise. Steel Walker was called up for Sunday's game against the Seattle Mariners. Even though he didn't get a hit in the first home game, he did get a home run in Cleveland in the first game of the doubleheader. I don't know how much long Steele will be up with the Rangers, but at least he got his first hit and home run out of the way with one swing of the bat. Ezekiel Duran is another player who's hot. Another one of the top prospects in the organization got called up on June 4th after Josh Smith went down with a shoulder injury, which would be Ezekiel Duran who was acquired in that Joey Gallo trade. Along with Walker, Duran also had a good week getting his first hit and home run of his career. Then, Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon is trying to win over fans after signing that huge contract and had a great start to that effort this week. In 29 at-bats, Simeon had 12 hits, including 5 home runs and 5 RBIs this week. Can't wait to see how he will do at home next week against the Astros. Like I said at the beginning of this segment, Taylor Hearn showed up against Cleveland in a big way. In 5.2 earning innings, excuse me, he struck out six, only allowing three runs, four hits. That was probably the most aggressive I've seen him pitch this season. If we see more of this from him, 
He will not leave the rotation. Next up, Eli White. Yeah, apparently he must have seen my last uh, weekly report and wanted to get back in the top list again. He robbed the Guardians of a huge extra base hit in the bottom of the first inning. He then made another on the opposite side of the field later on in the game. Then he made one final catch in the ninth inning, just when I thought we were about to have extra innings. But with that out of the way, sadly, we've come to this part where we must address who's not hot. Starting off with Josh Smith. While he did have a good week after being called up, he went down with an injury that will probably keep him in the lineup for a while. I felt bad for him because he was doing so well a third base before. Hopefully he covers well and we'll be back on his feet in a bit. Next up, Matt Bush. When you blow a game late and give the other team the win, you will end up on the who's not hot list. Matt Bush had the opportunity to end the game against the Mariners on Sunday and blew that chance. Personally, don't know why he's still on the team anymore. Next up, Corey Seager. Seager had a rough week at the plate, striking out six times and only getting five hits. I expect more from Seager, considering the huge contract he signed with the Rangers during the offseason, but hopefully he can turn it around this week. Like we said, they were they just wrapped up a series against Chicago and now are currently in a series against Houston at home. And now we are going to rank potential 2022 All-Stars for the Texas Rangers. A lot of money was invested in this season's Texas Rangers roster. A whopping grand total of 500 plus million went on the Ledgers, owners Ray Davis and Bob Simpson. While the Rangers won the offseason, the results have not been quite as good as people might have expected over two months into the 2022 season. They aren't too terrible either, though, as Texas finds themselves right in the mix for one of the three wildcard spots for now. A roughly average team won't produce many all-stars at the end of the day, but the one or ones who could be representing the Rangers in Los Angeles in July aren't necessarily the ones you would have expected heading into 2022. Fan balloting is officially open for the Midsummer Classic, so let's rank the potential Texas Rangers representatives to Dodger Stadium next month. Starting off with a near lock, Martin Perez. What else needs to be said? He's having an unbelievable season as the de facto ace Texas Rangers 2022 rotation. 156 ERA and 11 starts. He's even coming off an AL Pitcher of the Month accolade in May. He's nearly on lock to represent the Rangers in Los Angeles next month. Fans don't vote for pitchers, but it would be hard for me to believe Perez isn't going to be selected for the AL roster, given that he's been one of the league's best to this point. A once top prospect in the Rangers organization, Perez is certainly pitching like that in his return to Texas. He's a new man and should crack the all-star team for the first time in his 11-year career. Next up in the mix, Jonah Heim, Nathaniel Lowe, Joe Barlow, Brock Burke, and Adolis Garcia. Of this group, Jonah Heim would be the most likely all-star given his 792, excuse me, 792 OPS and 7 home runs, both of which rank among the league leaders at the catcher position. The only catcher with more long balls in the AL is Toronto's Danny Jansen. He's also the only catcher in the AL who's been flat out better overall than Haim this season. With enough fan voting, I could see Haim making the all-star team as a reserve. 
As for the others, Lowe is having a solid year, but solid isn't usually enough to win the day with fan voting. Barlow and Burke are pitchers. And therefore aren't selected by fans, but have both been reliable enough to merit consideration for the AL roster for their performances out of the bullpen. Garcia was a 2021 All-Star, but has not been as good in 2022, making it unlikely he gains a second consecutive appearance. Though it's of course possible. And next up... We have probably not making the All-Star game. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, John Gray, Mitch Garber, Cole Calhoun. Would you look at that? The list of names above nearly comprises the major acquisitions made by the Rangers prior to this season. None of them are going to be All-Stars in 2022. Disappointing? I suppose so. Especially when it comes to the money Seeger and Simeon both received. The middle and infielders are struggling overall at the plate, though the latter has been heating up of late. Still, valiant effort won't be nearly enough. When both are at their best, Seeger and Simeon are, are easy all-stars, and we hope to witness a return to that form in 2023. As for Gray, Garber, and Calhoun, it's been much of the same as Simeon and Seeger. Just underwhelming. None of these players deserve to represent the Rangers at Dodger Stadium next month. Let us know in the comment section below who do you think should be on the Rangers All-Star. Or who should represent, I should say, the Rangers All-Stars. And if, as always, if you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash ttrangers. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, be able to pay them, pay our writers. And as always, give us a thumbs up on the video if you like our content. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that bell notification button to be notified of future videos. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Talking Texas Rangers podcast. Let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered by tweeting us at Talking TX Rangers or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Talking Texas Rangers. As always, thank you for listening and go Rangers. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.